This week, Raspither and I discuss how to deal with situations in gaming where things go wrong, and coincidentally, a whole number of things went wrong with recording, or more specifically, with our discussion of it. One of the big items that I would like to add a correction to is that Ratkin tribes are not actually called plagues, they're called aspects. So really, whenever I say such and such plague, it's really his aspect. Um, also, quick note of warning, there is, there's one story toward the end that gets a little feelsy, but you know we try to put a positive spin on it. Anyway, enjoy. So, you want to hear a story, huh? <laughs> Have I got a story for you? I was over here minding my own business when suddenly. An old friend came in from out of town. Someone stole my car. There was an earthquake. A terrible flood. Who put that crab there? Crab? I didn't see any crab. Don't tell me there were two crabs. They work in pairs. You better have a damn good explanation for this. No, now go away or I shall taunt you a second time. Hello, listeners. This is... Oh God! Um, not a great start. What oh, doing? did you already forget what to say again? <laughs> I'm telling you. All right. Anyway, this is let the dice roll. My name is Banjo. Uh, and this is Rasper there. <laughs> I feel, man. I feel like I can't even say my own name right. My wow. name is Banjo, and my co-host Raspather. Yes. <laughs> what a great start to an episode about may about when things go horribly wrong. Are you sober? That's probably the problem, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, it's it's funny you mentioned that because well, we okay, listeners, to be fair, we did discuss this in pre-show. <laughs> And during, well, usually, okay, so usually we have a brief pre-show where we kind of go over more or less what we want to talk about. Yes. Mm -hmm. And just catch up on, like, the week's events, right? Because we don't necessarily talk to each other during the week. During today's pre-show, I came into my studio-ish area (laughs) without anything to drink. I mean, okay, there is a resident bottle of rum on my desk, but I didn't have anything to drink at out of. I had no ice, nothing to mix with. Fine, I've taken shots straight from the bottle, but that's not the point. And I made a comment to Raspather, mm-hmm. basically yeah, saying, man, I am without beverage tonight. And I just started basically slurring my speech and, you know, <laughs> honestly making a, like, and honestly making a lot of errors. And I'm like, man, this is probably because I'm sober. This is going to be an interesting episode. <laughs> and of course, Banjo did not intend to make any screw-ups this in the beginning. But no, of you're course, right. apparently, no, you're right. being sober, he just screws up things you are, in the beginning. That is, that is the honest truth. I was actually <laughs> going to try to do a real proper intro and... I would say the majority of the distractions are put away. 
I have a fidget cube, but that's only because it was there and I wanted to do something <laughs> to help me focus. And oh. so, like, I, geez, what a horrible, again, horrible intro, and it kind of, like, fell in. And I'm like, just so you're aware, I do have a kit of Gosling's Dark and Stormy. So it's okay. uh, Gosling's Black Rum and Ginger Beer. It comes in a box, right? Because the, there's the okay. bottle of rum and two cans of ginger beer. I have a glass oh. of ice that's melting because it had water in it. And I want to see how long I could go without opening that box. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but we have the emergency. Prov- you have the emergency yes. provisions when I, necessary. I have emergency anti-sobriety provisions should it become necessary. I believe today's episode is about when things hardly go wrong. We just yes. did the pre-show discussion correctly. Yes, the pre-show discussion was honestly about gaming and when things don't go to plan. To go wrong is to put a certain slant on it. True. But as you and I discussed, there's a whole lot of nuances with wrong versus not to plan. Well, I can't think of anything that's gone wrong, per se, like game, like to end the game itself or to end a campaign prematurely. But as a correction, as Bandra just stated like a few seconds ago, when things just don't go to plan, that happens every other session. and that, Every session. <laughs> right. And that was the clarification that I was thinking, because in my head, when things go wrong, when, uh, say, a spellcaster is like, I'm going to throw a fireball into the mob of bad guys. Uh-huh. And like the f- and one of the bad guys happens to reflect the fireball straight back at the party. And suddenly everything is on fire. To me, that's things going wrong. But it sounded like to you, that's not going to plan, which is kind of a nuance because it doesn't. Yeah. It may not kill the party, but it's going to make them hurt real bad. (laughs) Yeah. And it would probably. And if it happened to me, I would laugh my ass off (laughs) because that would be exactly the kind of thing that would happen in one of our games. (laughs) Yeah, that would definitely happen. Yeah. And I kind of feel like, no joke, this is going to be like an hour-long setup to uh, Paranoia. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Paranoia is a whole game of everything. Well, wrong, or definitely not as planned. (laughs) Yeah, as we've discussed in previous episodes, Paranoia is a game where having an attachment to your character is bad. Because yes. you're 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 going to lose all of them. Yes. But anyway, so let's talk about normal games when things yeah. go regular games where your heroic your heroic adventures, shadowrunners, or people trying to save the world, and then well, the dice just does not agree with you, or. The GM had something else in mind. I was just going to say, I've, I could think of a couple of instances where the GM totally disagreed with what we were trying to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Namely in Shadowrun, actually. <laughs> yeah, Shadowrun. Well, there's a whole website about things just not going as planned for Shadowrun games. Are, are you talking about dumpshock.org? Yes. Okay. Is, I, wonder if that's <laughs> still, I wonder if that's still around. I'm not going to go spending a whole bunch of time, but I'm just kind of curious. Probably is, because Shadowrun, Shadowrun is in its fifth edition, people zoom. 
that site probably is still up and running. And people probably still support still probably putting their own stories into it. Forums.dumpshock.com. Dumpshock.com. Okay, yeah, it's dumpshock.com. Oh, okay, it's dot com. Uh, but that's not what that's not what I'm thinking of. Anyway, we'll we'll figure it out. If yeah, if it still exists, we'll put it into some show notes or something like that. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> this was a shadow. The first story of things not going to plan was a Shadowrun game, as I alluded to, and I don't think I don't believe you were in that one because it was a different group. <laughs> yeah. This was There was not many Shadowrun we weren't in many game, Shadowrun games together no. in general. Well, not as players. Yeah. Um this is one where let's go with Miguel. Miguel. Okay. Yeah, Miguel was running this one and I believe it was my first one first or second Shadowrun. And in the world of Shadowrun, which is the twenty late twenty six or early twenty sixties or early twenty seventies in the newer versions, uh, Shadowrunners. It depends which edition, but yeah, it started in the twenty fifties. Now it's in like twenty or something like that. Twenty seventies, twenty eighties, something like that. Yeah, it's in the the mid twenty something year. You know, two thousand sixty or two thousand seventy something. Yes. Basically, Shadowrunners, it's a high-tech cyberpunk game where Shadowrunners are effectively the people that do dirty jobs for other people. Yes. Hey, we need... Hey, we have a bunch of money and a bunch of... And we need a whole group of people to go do a thing with a a whole lot of plausible deniability. Yes. So that's like the, the, the... Briefest I could give. Briefest I yes. could give that description. So, the f- first thing that went wrong was in that campaign. We we needed to go talk to somebody that was in a coma or some or yeah we needed to talk to somebody that was in the hospital for some reason. I believe they were in a coma, but they had this fancy vid screen like plugged into their brain, so you can kind of communicate with them a little bit. Uh huh. And we walked into the hospital, and nobody knew what to do. So I kind of went up to the thing, and I'm like, hey, we're the Shadowrunners looking for so-and-so. And then everybody just dropped silent. I think I've told this story before. Yes, like, I believe you did. Oh I, I recognize. Oh, my God, don't do that. That's bad, because you're, like, totally not legal. Da 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 Okay, fine, whatever. Reset. <laughs> Right, that was like the first hint that things were going to go bad. And mind yes. you, I, since then, I don't think I, I don't think I've ever been privy to any Shadowrun that went. No, I take that back. There is exactly one game that went exactly to plan. <laughs> oh. um, but that's not part of this episode. But no, that's not this episode. That's um, a story for another. We get into the meat and potatoes of the mission, mm-hmm. which was to go sneak into a place, steal some stuff, and sneak out. In fact, in our contract as Shadowrunners that we made with Mr. Johnson, you know, basically our contact, uh-huh. our go-between, if you are caught, your pay goes down by half, and uh-huh. we're taking away money for... Like and like the higher the body count goes, the less we're giving you because we need this as discreet as possible. Okay, there was no bullet claws, no nothing. Like we were not given weapons. It was sneak in, 
grab the thing, sneak out, don't make noise. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Three doors kicked in later. No. Um, oh, doors doing, kicked in, that's the problem. We were doing okay. The problem was, because most of us were normal, normal-looking individuals. I think there was a troll. I was a human. Uh-huh. But mind you, in the... In the Shadowrun universe, listeners, trolls, elves, dwarves, uh, all of the all your fantasy favorites are in Shadowrun because of this whole meta because of the meta plot stuff, and it's normal to be non-human. Okay, yeah. The only abnormal non-human in our party was a ghoul, pale skin, looking like a zombie, flesh-eating ghoul. For some reason, I don't remember why the player was in the group, but whatever, for whatever reason, they were with us. They were running around the duct the duct work for the HVAC system. Okay, in fact, they were ahead of us, and we came across a situation. We came across a a spot where we were trying to sneak around, and there was no way to get around because there was this one guard that was standing right in the middle of the hallway, uh. like right in front of the one door we needed to get into. You know, and there was no duct in that room for some reason. So it was like, oh, how do we, you know, like distract the guy or something? We didn't. Let's just say the ghoul failed a willpower check and the ghoul decided to get hungry. The poor son of a bitch was standing directly underneath of a vent. So (laughs) the ghoul (laughs) grabbed the guy folded him neatly in half backwards. Oh, folded him half the wrong way. Yeah. Oh, lovely. You know, heels to the back of the head, tucked him nice, you know, gra- obviously grabbed a pound of flesh for himself. <laughs> and so now there was a, now suddenly there was a body and he was screaming because he was being folded in half. Oh God. So there was a lot of blood. There was a lot of noise. There was a dead guy, a partially eaten dead guy in the vent now. Um, and we were all like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> now what? There goes our stealth, because alarms are going off, the radio is going crazy. Suddenly it becomes a smash and grab mission. The ghoul drops out of the thing. The ghoul dropped out of the vents. We kicked the door in. There was a lot of blood because apparently there was a uh, yeah. There was a lot of reinforcement in the room where we needed the thing. So on our way out, though, we <laughs> basically took a bloody hand or some or something to that effect and scribbled some anti-metahuman sediment, sentiment on the walls, even though we were like the perfect cross-section of humans <laughs> and non-humans. Oh, jeez. Just to kind of make it look like this was, you know, a really horribly gone... A, um, a protest gone horribly wrong. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, nobody believed it, and we had to lay low for like a month <laughs> because, like, we apparently did a really crap job of cleaning up after ourselves. Oh, God. I, I mean, I'm, ter- I'm talking like security <laughs> and all that stuff, and it's like, not just not just the trail of bodies and bullet holes, but like... That's oh, uh, fine. No, we were we were a very well-equipped <laughs> Shadowrun party for smashing and grabbing and looting dungeons. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, uh, yeah, so the only thing that came out of this story was the ghoul folded him neatly in half the wrong way. Like, all the other details are irrelevant, other than the fact that the ghoul was in an air vent and a guy got folded in half. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, don't remember what we were getting, where we were, why we were doing it. It was, oh god, the ghoul just folded. I'm gonna stop saying it. Like, well, damn. Yep. <laughs> that that is that was just bad. Yep. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we continued we continued the the campaign for another. Oh yeah, yeah. it was just a not as lucrative as you guys wanted. <laughs> no, 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 no. In fact, we were basically ready to just be like, yeah, just um, we'll buy you lunch. <laughs> That was your worst one? Well, I have one. It's not really... I I guess you can say this is the worst one, but the thing is, this is the best one I could remember, or at least the one that I did enjoy, and where I just... This story is an example where nothing went wrong with the dice. It's just called when a player just misjudges the situation at hand. So, uh, back in the day when there was still... when. Dungeons and Dragons is it's in uh third and a half edition season. <laughs> um the character I was playing was a uh this was the same time where uh Shrek 2 came out not mm-hmm. too not too long and I decided to make a Puss in Boots character. Oh nice. Yeah. Uh made him perfectly well. He was uh it, literally he was just basically there was rules to make an anthropoid. All he really wore was basically boots. And he had a rapier, and just had a hat. That's all he had. That was all his best. <laughs> that was all his equipment. So our party was adventuring in a in ruins of an ancient city that used to be by giants. So everything was large. The rooms were large. The hallways were so tall you can barely see. from us. You can't even see the ceiling. <laughs> wow. The light source that we had was inadequate to light. So, while through some harrowing traps of pit spikes, uh, there were some bladed traps, but of course, they were sized for giants, Hmm. not for small, medium, small people, so it went over our heads. (laughs) So, at times we thought we were lucky, we encountered a few random monsters that happened to be like hybrid uh human people mm-hmm. because if I can remember correctly, they took over the they took over the the building they took over the temple and st- and uh started uh to infest it and just kind of worship their mm-hmm. snake deity. Um we finally at one point we were able to finally get uh, we were like two rooms away from the end of the whole temple slash dungeon. Uh the reason we knew there were two rooms the room we were going into, which is what you would call a uh, boss battle room. <laughs> <laughs> it was Intense. obviously humongously large, space, everything. Sigh. Um, <laughs> or, if I can remember correctly, Groove's fighter. Uh, actually, I don't know. Actually, it took all of us to open the large doors to open this large chamber ahead of us. Um, one of our mages used dancing lights cast him in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw the room was vacant and dark, but we saw on the on the side on the wall, we saw this large statue. We didn't think anything of it at the time. Right. Um, 
if I remember correctly, the rogue decided to detect it to traps another kind of but why not, just in case if there's one of the lucky chaps that would try to get us. The rogue didn't find anything. Uh then we decided, okay, we're we're safe. Oh, <laughs> uh, th- th- this this should be fine enough. And then we decided to walk in. But any ancient ruin from an ancient civilization, uh one thing we forgot to do since we had a mage in the park. <laughs> Um, yeah. use detect magic. Now, mm-hmm. granted, most times detect magic, it's only good up to a certain rate, so it's not too much our fault. Right. But at least a precautionary detect magic right. probably would have seen the edging aura of this stone golem <laughs> that was in the room. It didn't activate until we actually walked in. So, um, of course, when we walked in, it activated. Uh. So, we had a good, we had a good chunk of distance. Uh, we decided to, uh, since it moves slow, we tried to run across. Right. Kind of like, can I throw a rasp with her? Yeah. And we run across. <laughs> um, so, when we rolled, we rolled initiative, my character got first. Um, and a little more details about my character. He was basically Puss in Boots, so he was the swashbuckler class. So, his right. charisma and dex helped him with his combat, damage, dex, initiative, all that sort of stuff. So nice. normally he'll go first, and I expect him to be where he could move, attack, and continue on moving. Nice. In three point five, you couldn't do that, but only you could deal with. So I expect him to do that, so he could just move, attack, and just keep on doing that. Mm-hmm. So, um, my character went off first, and I had a spectacular plan <laughs> where <laughs> I decided to like, okay, I have enough movements. To go up, go up to him, do my attack, and kind of like uh, do a uh, do a special technique to kind of like make him even slower, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then keep on moving. And then I calculated enough where I moved far enough away from him where he couldn't get to me on his turn. Right. So it sounded like so, you were playing it. You had I. You had it figured oh, out. I had it fully figured out. Right. It's like okay, he only can move. The, uh, can't move. The, I am the fastest thing on this uh, in this temple, so nothing can catch me. Nice. Well, um, <laughs> it's called Pride Before the Fall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I do my action. I do it to slow him down, and then I got to it. Like aha, perfect. I'm successful. But <laughs> when it got to hit, but. The golem was able to get enough initiative to get become second after me. <laughs> so, um, what happened was after I calculated, okay, he so only so then hold on, but what I forgot to calculate in my distances mm-hmm. is since he's since he's a huge creature, <laughs> I forgot to calculate his reach into <laughs> on top of it. <laughs> Nice. I the thing and what makes it spectacular. I did calculate reach, but only for the category, not for his category. <laughs> Wait, so hold on, run it by me again. So you you did? I did think, think of, of reach, reach, but not but for his size. I used not for his size. So I was only five feet off. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> that stings. <laughs> the, well, the thing is. Um, he was able to get, he was able to get one attack in on me, and that just obliterated him. <laughs> obliterated my character. <laughs> Tim felt sorry because he heard me 
talking over this whole thing, discussing it. He and he, right. sorry he, that it happened. Okay. It's like it's like yes, uh, like we could just correct that, and make him not die. Like oh, no, that's fine. It was my mistake. I thought I had everything, right. and I'll just let it slide like that. And like okay, he died. He had a spectacular run up into that point. It's like oh, yes, yeah, he perfect. Had a, he had a spectacular death. Is what yes, like. spectacular death. Yeah. It's like that's I, I'm happy. You see, that's like, <laughs> that's realistic. Yeah, that's the kind of character death that I really love. I really appreciate. Yeah, it's it's like the ones where because I've had a couple of character deaths, and we can talk touch on that a little bit here because I'm sure we could do a full episode on you know oh, yeah. mourning for your character. But I had a couple. There was one that I really hated because it was like my favoriteest character in the whole world, and he had a really shitty death. Oh, well, he had an. <sighs> It was an it was honorable because he turned himself in without going into all the details. He effectively bought time for other for the rest of the group. Oh, okay. But at the same time, it was like, no, that was really shitty. I didn't realize like all this other bad stuff was going to happen. I knew he was done. It was like, okay. was it? I just, I knew he was going to go away, and I had to, I had to re- basically reroll my sheet, and I was like, oh, it mm-hmm. sucks. But I thought I was doing this really honorable thing, and it turned out really bad. But oh, I had what, but one character death that I actually really that gave me a lot of feels, but like good feels because. In character, he was so happy. I was crying. I was like, "Oh my god, oh. that's so sweet!" And then they had like this, like part. They had like this, like in the aftermath, the survivors had like this celebr- celebratory memorial oh. for him. And I was like, "Oh, I love you guys." <laughs> It was one of one of my ratkin, I, uh, oh. Samuel, Samuel the ratkin from one of the online games. Oh my god! Oh, he, was, okay. he was a laugh. <laughs> he was always a laugh riot. Okay. Because he was one of the one of the mutant plagues, right? Because ratkin, they don't have tribes; they have plagues. You know, each plague. You know, it was kind of like a tribe. It's oh well, your 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 plague is affected by these, not mental deficiencies, but like these these abilities and whatever. Okay, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. In Ratkin in werewolf society are already outsiders. All werewolf <laughs> like werewolves are just born to hate these guys because they are liter- they are literally plagues on everybody. You know, it's like all they know is violence because uh, umpteen millennia ago, violence was enacted on them. Da 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 da. There's like all this big meta plot. But he was a fun guy. He was a Munchmausen plague. Munchmausen is a plague uh, whereby those that are afflicted are delusional. Oh. And we're talking delusional in the Baron von Munchausen kind of delusion. Ah, that delusional. Which is why they're called Munchmausen. Okay. That explains the name more, yeah. Even within the Ratkin community, these guys are really hated because they are completely off their rockers. (laughs) Now, my, my my dear Samuel would often ride around town in his human form, you know, looking like a looking like a weird hobo you know a tw- uh, 20 30 something year old hobo um 
on basically a tricycle and he made like wooden he had like a wooden bat and he honestly thought he was he was he honestly thought that he was fighting dragons and stuff and he was riding a mighty steed throughout town like slaying <laughs> dragons and things slaying bad guys i don't think it was necessarily it wasn't always dragons but he was definitely like pulling a juan quixote kind of <laughs> thing villains and he was like he was like derpy and lovable and just like, <laughs> like at no point <laughs> at no point did he did reality ever sink in for him <laughs> i oh. honestly i honestly can't remember a time when he was sober like, oh jeez! And I don't mean sober as in like not drunk. I mean sober as in oh, this is what reality actually looks yeah, like. Yeah, he was always in his world. <laughs> yeah, much much in the same way of the uh, the pyro. For anyone familiar with Team Fortress Two, like the pyro intro, like <gasps> oh, oh yes. the pyro is just jaunting through like fields of flowers and chocolates, and there's like candy canes, and he's not. He's not beating you with... He's not murdering you with an axe. He's got a giant lollipop he's sticking in your face. You know, like, that yeah. was Samuel to a T. Even, like, and this was years before Team Fortress 2 even came out, I believe. Oh, God. It was definitely years before, before that promo video. And I'm like, oh, man. It was hilarious. So, right, everybody loved him. And then I think at one point... So, shortening this up a bit, for so he because of his lovable nature and general curiosity, he kind of managed to to warm the hearts of the local werewolves. So they let him hang out with them, even though it was totally against all like every rule in the litany. And like the superiors were like, "What the hell are you doing? Kill it! Kill it now before it kills you." He um. He actually came in useful and handy because there was this major plot where uh -huh. the bad guys were holed up in a pentex. It was basically a pentex facility, right? So they right. needed to they needed to get into this heavily fortified facility that was creating mutant werewolves or something to that effect. Oh. Of, they were experimenting on humans and making doing bad stuff. That's that's all okay. Samuel needed to know. They were doing bad stuff and apparently and like the players basically said, look, there is a whole nest of dragons over here. We need your help <laughs> getting into that castle. <laughs> Right? He's like, oh, I know every single tunnel and sewer in the entire city. You go this way and this way and this way and that way. And like, he just rattled this off for like 20 minutes. And I was like, how would you show us? Right? <laughs> show us, yeah. So, like, they made this. He's like, oh, okay, let's go. And they like this huge plan to get in the, the to, to get into the building and everything and so <clears throat> there's a battle like this battle ensues he actually ended up slaying like 30 people oh jeez. <laughs> like it was a super violent battle nobody walked out of that one without wounds right oh, like God. that's how bad things went like we had a really awesome plan but everybody all the werewolves were were licking were licking their wounds afterward. I think um, I think Samuel was the only one that actually died, though. Okay. But like in his final moments, his best friend in the world holding him. 
she was comforting him and uh-huh. she's like my oh. friend i don't you know you're not you're going to a better place or something and it's like oh <laughs> will my mighty steed be there and she's like yeah he's like yay and that was his, those were his last words before he she, he croaked on her it was just oh, it was just like this very like this very childlike yay and then Oh god! And, and again, they had they had like this feast to honor him be- because he was so delusional. He didn't know what the <laughs> hell was going on, and just did, and absolutely wrecked the play. <laughs> oh jeez! So I mean, like in a sense, it went raw. Like the it it was yeah, it, it went bad because. <laughs> Normally, you know, you don't want characters to die, but at the same time, oh yeah, it was like this glorious bloodbath. Oh jeez, it was like this glorious sort of thing where he died, and then like, a, and then they had like this feast. I honestly, I had the feels for weeks afterward. <laughs> God, not just because I lost the character, but and it happened honestly. <laughs> you know, honest roles, like no, no shenanigans, oh, yeah. nothing, and like. And just, I don't know. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, the moment, after you telling that story, I had a little bit of a feeling of development myself. <laughs> oh my god, he was like the sweet, he was like a sweetheart. <laughs> just hearing the story and not, and not being there myself. He was a six foot murder rat. It was an eight, sorry, an eight foot murder rat. <laughs> but, oh my god. And I got to play his cousin mm-hmm. later, because that took okay. place in London. Um, and, um, and on the new gate, on the new chat that I, uh, that mm-hmm. I maintain the server for, um, which takes place in New Orleans, I actually brought mm-hmm. his cousin over from the UK. Oh. And basically, long story short, <laughs> he went to go find out what basically what happened to Samuel. And, like, mm-hmm. and somehow he got in touch with the same ratkin that bit Samuel and sent him into the plague. So his cousin, or no, I'm sorry, not his cousin, his brother, I don't know why I kept saying cousin, his brother now has exactly the same plague as Samuel. Oh, okay. And is living in, and is, you know, raging around in New Orleans, basically doing the same thing. In fact, he he really loves pizza, and he usually hangs out in rat form because that's where his super, <laughs> that's how he gets all of his superpowers. Oh. <laughs> so effectively, that or Tom, I think it was Thomas. Yeah, let's go with Thomas. So Thomas is the brother, and mm-hmm. he was doing his PhD on the superhero complex, mm-hmm. which is why okay. he did, which is why when he transformed into like this psychotic, this uh, delusional ratkin, he he um. You know, he thought he gained superpowers. <laughs> but anyway. That's hilarious. Wow. <laughs> that took an awful long time. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this seriously, we're almost at the... We're almost out of time. <laughs> oh, wow. Damn. I was, I was even going to go into Fiasco. That's fine. We can save Fiasco. For- oh, yeah. So, Fiasco, for, for those listening and you're not familiar, is a... Uh, effectively a diceless role-playing game. I mean, there are dice involved, but it's more used yeah. to calculate. It's more used to generate the story and less about outcomes. Yeah. You, you give away dice based on how you think the or 
you give away dice based yeah. on the- yeah um, you give the dice based on who uh, won the who whoever who you thought won that kind yeah. of kind of there's there's, yeah. actually some, there's actually some nuance that we didn't learn the first time yeah. playing it but that whole game is rev- just revolves around how to make things go worse <laughs> yes um actually there is uh will wheaton did a uh tabletop episode uh a tabletop episode on uh fiasco yeah no absolutely and that was that yeah was kind, that was my second introduction to fiasco because i'd heard of it oh, okay it looked like a lot of fun i think i had a, co- a digital copy for a while and then i saw the video and i'm like wow this is amazing I absolutely, we absolutely need to play this game, and then I bought a couple copies. <clears throat> <laughs> um, actually, as the best, uh, uh, if I can remember correctly, a good example. Of, I think if any Coen's brother film yep. Yep. is a is a perfect example of a fiasco game. And I mean, but that's, and I guess that's kind of what I wanted to get at with this whole episode was, um, like. In many cases, it's more interesting when things go bad than when things go right. Yes. <laughs> because yeah, when that... things go bad doesn't mean it's the end of everything. No, 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 no. The thing is taking an interesting turn for the strange, the weird, and yeah. the more entertaining. And that's and that's that's the hard, that's th- that my friend is like the golden rule of gaming is is to to learn how to accept the thing going wrong, everything's on fire, and make it fun. Yeah. Make it funny, make it weird, make it somebody else's problem. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Do you have any advice on, on that, that regard? Because I usually just go with whatever. Yeah, go with the flow, honestly. Like, well, don't be afraid to go with... Yeah, don't be afraid. Um... Don't be afraid to go with the flow of how the how how the situation's going. Um, yes, it is great to have a plan. Great to have everything ironed out, but just yes, things as we said in the beginning of this, uh, things can and will go wrong. Will something will not go as planned, and don't be afraid just to roll with it. Yeah. Oh, there is definitely a Murphy's law of gaming, which. It effectively means that, <laughs> that any plan you make is is a terrible plan because you're trying to predetermine outcomes of random events. Yes. You and I played a, a game which is new to us, 1879. Oh, yes. yes. With the man who is literally the line <laughs> manager for the game, which yeah. to me is amazing. Uh, we will totally do a whole separate episode on that game and that yeah. game we really deserve. And shout out to you, Andrew, at FASA Games. Or is it FASA? Yes. I don't, probably FASA. FASA. Yeah, I think it's FASA. FASA? Yeah, he's uh, FASA Andrew. Yeah. FASA Andrew, you, yeah. like I said before, my friend, you have a heck of a, you have a heck of a uh, voice for storytelling. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, I was, we were walking, he was walking me through character creation, and I rolled really, really bad <laughs> on one of my base stats. Yes. I mean, he saw the dice, the die roll, and was like, ooh, you got a six, and he's and I think he made a comment. Normally, I let people re-roll anything lower than an eight, and I'm like, because eights are pretty bad in that game. 
So a six in this case might have might have just like <laughs> signed my own death warrant. But I said, no, I'm going to keep that six, and I'm going to do something good with it. <laughs> do something good um, with it. And I turned it into his charisma stat, <laughs> which in that system is not so much how you look as it is how you come off to other people. Yes. So in terms of how the dice have rolled, he a-hole to yes. everybody. <laughs> a-hole to everybody and uncouth to the nth degree. In fact, in that session, I basically kept a tally of how polite he was being because <laughs> things happened. He got blackmailed into this group to do some <laughs> stuff. And, like, toward the end, he was starting to lose it. He was, like, cracking around the seams. And then toward <laughs> the end of the session, he's like, Ah, oh, you freaking people! Oh, you don't trust me! Ah! Oh, like, just completely blue. <laughs> and it made for great role-playing. Oh, yeah. And I'm like... And I even told everybody, I'm like, sorry, this the six charisma had to come out sometime. And I got a couple <laughs> of chuckles and was like, because my honor as a role player would not let me re-roll that. And like, that's yeah. how I handle that sort of badness. But anyway. <laughs> <sighs> final thoughts? Uh, we kind of did uh, tell our final thoughts. So yeah, not to be ready to roll with it if things just don't go your way. No matter if you're a GM or even a player. Oh, especially <laughs> if you're a GM, you can just count yeah. You can general. Uh, this you can generally count on your players to not do anything that you want them to do. Yeah. Unless you have robot players that will <laughs> play on that follow that play on rails or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well. For me, I I emphasize more players because I see more players not rolling with the punches than GMs. Hmm. Wow. But I but I but I will say yes, there probably are GMs out there that yeah, <laughs> will probably be, be that way. But yeah, but as advice in general for your player or GM, just roll with whatever bad rolls may come. Well, I mean, obviously... And surely they will come. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to call out any GM GMs, but typically when I see, you know, D&D story games, you know, especially Puffin Forest on YouTube, oh. it's like, <laughs> oh, well, here's when, you know, <laughs> here's, here's a story where in my, when I was GMing and everything went horribly wrong and I suddenly didn't have a plan, I'm like... What GM in their right mind, like, has a plan? Like, as a player, you know, you know how to mess, you know, how to mess things up. But I don't know. It's just, I don't want to, I don't want to get into a sober rant. You don't want to stay on your soapbox? sober, I managed to make a whole episode with that box intact. That's good to hear. Yeah. Anyway, again, <laughs> listeners, we will see you next time on Let the Dice Roll. Next time. Yep. You can be found online at letthedicerole.com. Uh, you can find our social media accounts on there. We're mostly on Mastodon. We also have a Patreon. Well, I'm working on a Patreon. I have one. It'll be up. Oh, there. well, well, you have coffee. Oh, I, not God. Yes. Yeah. We have coffee. It's like K-O-Dot. I was kind of surprised. Like, Sorry. <laughs> wow, we'll have to like edit that out or something. Yes, yeah, so you can buy banjo coffee, so you can remember it's coffee. 
thing, not a Patreon. Yes. Oh my god. Do you have any idea how long ago I set that up? Anyway, we have coffee, <laughs> K-O-F-I. Again, it's on the website, letthedicerole.com. That's why I put it up there, so I don't have to remember all this stuff. <laughs> Listen, if 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 I have if I was my usual not sober self, this would go much better. But anyway, I have been Banjo. And I have been Rasp with Air. Thanks for playing. We will see you next time. <laughs> and bye. Bye. <laughs>